What's going on, Dev Man? I'm glad to have you back. I'm doing all right. How are you? Oh, you know, new year, new me, as they say. That's you're full of crap. <laughs> so, do you have any New Year's goals or anything before we get started? Yeah, I do. I got a good one. All right. My New Year's resolution is to learn how to grow a mustache so good that a stranger comes up to me and says, hey, nice mustache. <laughs> you think you're going to get that, be able to do that this year? Um, No. But I'm prepared to keep it as my resolution until I can grow one. <laughs> For those who don't know, Devin can't really grow that good of a mustache right now. He has to dye it blonde. Or wait, dye it brown. Brown. Yeah. I dye it dark brown. <laughs> so that way it's visible. Because you got blonde. It comes in blonde and it's hard to see. And it's not thick. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's my goal. Anyway, my podcasting goal is to be able to keep up the weekly uploads. So here you are, and you'll probably be joining me for more of those too in the coming year. But so what did you want to talk about today? Well, first things first, my sports betting career is really taking off. Oh, that's good. I'm happy to hear that. So I guess we can jump into some sports betting. Yeah, so today... As of what's today, Saturday, January 7th, the lock of the day is Jacksonville Jaguars to cover the spread. I forgot what it is. I think it's like minus six and a half. And the Buffalo Sabres are a home dog, baby. I love the home dogs at plus 100 against Minnesota Wild tonight. Those are my two picks. All right. So- For today, at least. <laughs> Well, I hope that this gets uh, uploaded and people listen to it enough to be relevant, or they'll come back and check your work. See, if or if we want some future picks, here's a very good payout for all you Detroit sports fans: the Rams money line and the Lions money line. Lions are going to the playoffs, baby. Let's ride. <laughs> you sound like one of those. Uh... Detroit hopefuls that are permanently like lions are gonna do it, and they they just always get disappointed. Oh, don't worry, I'm I'm perfectly prepared for the heartbreak of the lions are gonna lion. So right, I mean that's just that's just how the lions operate. Is they yeah, hope and then they dash it. But if you want a responsible pick, I would take lions plus four and a half. Yeah, you think they cover? I think they're going to give it their best shot no matter what because Green Bay just has to win to make the playoffs. That The Rams-Seattle game doesn't matter for them. All right. And Motor City Dan Campbell is saying, if we don't have a chance to make the playoffs, we're not letting Green Bay make the playoffs. Cool. So the, the boys are still going to come out playing hard. Yeah. I mean, we don't like Green Bay. So Nope, not at all. <laughs> And, and my roommate's are... a my roommate's a Packers fan. Oh, you gotta stick it to him. Yeah, so we always bet against each other. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. The Lions are really good against the spread on the year, aren't they? Past two years, it's like their record hasn't been that good, but they've been really good against the spread. 
Last year they had the best record against the spread, and they were the only team in like the top five against the spread that was under five hundred. It's <laughs> kind of funny. It's such hey, a insane thing. You know the saying: "Good teams win, great teams cover." <laughs> That's funny. I that makes heard. the Lions a great team. All right. Uh, so, what is this? What sport are you the best at betting at? This is hockey. I'm I'm the best better when it comes to hockey. And that is kind of surprising to me, but not really. Because the amount of games that there are, there's 82 games. So, like, it's hard to pick, like, every game just from the amount of them. But, shockingly, en- but shockingly enough, I hit 58% of my NHL picks. That's a pretty good win record, all things considered. When you consider the house is supposed to have the advantage, so it's supposed to be less than 50. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So, what gives you the edge in the hockey betting? I think it's the, I think I pay attention enough to the sport to where I know which teams are playing well and which teams are struggling. So, even though a team like may be better than the other team, like the underdog may be playing playing better hockey at that particular time in the season and I think I'm good at knowing like picking my spots to pick underdogs so are you are you a consistent underdog picker or like what do you bet on the NHL games money line so I like picking player props that's my favorite thing to do with hockey and then when it comes to picking teams and games it's themselves I usually like picking money lines for the home team. I, I really home teams generally you don't get as good of odds, but then you can sprinkle in the the home team to cover the spread because generally speaking the home team will be favored unless they're like awful. So you'll the spread will, you'll typically get minus one and a half for the team that's favored, but you'll get really good odds on the on that. And so, so, so does home field advantage or home ice advantage matter that much in the regular season of a hockey game? Uh, yes, because each each arena has its own quirks, and so like the from the randomness aspect of hockey, and you like like for example, like a puck bouncing off the glass and then hopping out right in front of the net. It it like some rinks don't have that and then some rinks do and then same thing with the boards and it's like the home team will know like how the boards bounce and then the away team really doesn't you like you're figuring that aspect out so that's right like that goes into the randomness of hockey Mm -hmm. but each arena will have its own effect on how the game is played right and so how many points do they usually get or goals do they normally give the home team like what's the how bad well, do you have to be like you said in college football in one of our previous conversations that in the betting models generally they give it's like th- two or three points given to the home team or whatever yeah so so generally I I'm I don't know off the top of my head but it's probably about a goal just from the fact that almost every hockey game spread is minus or it's almost every hockey game spread is one and a half. Okay. That makes sense. And so 
when you're given that one and a half spread, you're accounting for the empty net. You're you're, you're essentially saying every hockey game is going to be close. Right. And so that one and a half spread, you're giving the favor to the home team, but you're giving the probability of a cover higher for the away team or the underdog from the fact that when you pull your goalie, you're essentially playing on a, on a power play. And so the, the team that is playing against the pulled goalie, the, the probability that they can score on that empty net is what provides such good odds for you to cover minus one and a half. Because the empty the empty net goal is so random. Yeah. So you talked about the Buffalo Sabres being an underdog at home, and that's not very common. And that's why that's why you like that pick. Is that what yeah? So yeah. So the Buffalo Sabres are, I they are currently plus one hundred at home, but the spread on the game you're giving each team a goal like. So the they're playing the Minnesota Wild. They're, the Minnesota Wild are the favorite to win the game, but they got the spread for Minnesota at plus one and Buffalo minus one. That doesn't really make sense. It's essentially it's essentially what they're what they doing is it's a pick 'em game. So basically so they're, just pick the pick your winner. Yeah. Who's gonna win the game? And I like Buffalo at home because they've been playing some really good hockey this season. Minnesota has been too, but I feel like Buffalo at home is – there's a lot of excitement in that fan base now since Buffalo's actually performing to hockey standards. <laughs> right. So they got some momentum. So a lot of your picks are momentum-based too. Yeah, I, I like I like picking teams that are playing good hockey. Not just based on record. <laughs> yeah. I I look a lot at where the game is at, where the game's being played, and then how the how the team is doing in like the last ten. I I look at the last ten games records a lot. That makes sense. Uh and the, so your favorite team to bet on is the uh Arizona Coyotes. Coyotes. Yes. I haven't bet them that much this year because I have a I put a futures bet on them, so I've been rooting for them to lose a lot. <laughs> because I took so I took their season total before the season started. I took the Arizona Coyotes to have under 65 and a half points this season. Are they on pace for that? So they were. They got for what they screwed me a couple times <laughs> in the like the past two weeks, I had like a four leg parlay and I needed the Toronto. The last part of it was the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> to cover against Arizona, and they were Toronto was up a goal in the third period, and then the Coyotes came storming back to win. Dang! And then the other one was uh, I forgot what it was, but I needed Arizona to. I needed Arizona. Oh, I bet Colorado to beat Arizona, and then Arizona won that game as well. And I was like, "Are you serious?" So usually, I bet Arizona just to cover the spread because right. last year they were so bad last year that every game that they played, they you were given a two and a half goal spread. 
That's a pretty big spread considering like every game is one and a half. So. Yeah, it's so so you get you get them to get you get them at plus two and a half, and it's like well, and you'd get like you wouldn't get terrible odds like you get like minus one thirty for it, like minus one thirty to minus one fifty, which like isn't terrible in terms of betting, and so you'd hit it, and then you'd like they were good at, they were bad last year, but they were good enough to cover. Kind of like the Lions, but like in hockey. So they're your Lions version of the NHL. Yeah, so I I really like betting them. The thing, the other thing that is really I think is easy to bet in hockey is the playoffs. I think the playoffs is really easy to bet, just from the the fact that you you early in the early in each series you get a sense of which team like is playing well, like which team is struggling, like which matchups are favorable. Mm -hmm. And then like when, like when a team goes down two Oh, and they're going back home and it's like desperation mode. Yeah. You're going to like take one, one of those games. Yeah. Like you have like, cause in play in, in hockey playoffs and, and like in any, any sort of playoff format that is a series, it's series based. You're never in trouble until you lose at home. Right. And so a lot of the when a team goes down 2-0, like winning one of those two games at home is well, you have to win both, but winning one of them is like almost a guaranteed. Yeah, there's not too many sweeps very often. And then the other the other aspect is when it's flipped and so you you're you steal a game on the road in the first two and then you go back home 1-1. Right. And so now the away team is in desperation mode to get that game back. Yeah, they got to steal it back. And so generally they're going to be they're going to be a uh, underdog on the road in the playoffs because playoffs the NHL playoffs have generally have evenly matched series. Yeah. And so you're going to get you're going to get favorable odds depending on how the series is shaping out. So, like, what's your strategy when looking for games to bet on or positions to take? In the so, like, when I'm picking games. Yeah, just in general, when you're trying to pick something to bet on, like, what's your strategy to find stuff to bet? Like, pay. I know you bet on literally every sporting event there is, but okay. Yeah. So that's so. I guess my other goal for this year is to be a more responsible better. <laughs> that's probably a good choice you've been a little degenerate <laughs> uh, yeah but the other thing so so i downloaded that picket app right which tracks all my bets okay. i did and i did end last year up 66 dollars very nice which, which is was it, like one percent wasn't it or no it it was four percent or something yeah it was, it was like four percent Sick. <laughs> Which for the sheer volume that I I placed almost I placed over I placed more bets than there are days in a year. <laughs> you had a lot of bets going. So for the fact that I ended up up four percent on the years, I think is pretty good. That's four percent of like just the volume you've bet through the year, right? Yeah. You actually that makes you have bet quite a bit of money then throughout the whole year 
Yeah, it was. I won't get into those numbers, but, but yeah, so, it's it was pretty it was pretty eye opening. So now that you've seen those numbers, you're gonna be more responsible. What's gonna be the things you look for? Um, tracking. Um. So it's gonna be the same strategy, less parlays. Yeah, parlays. I got. I tried trailing you on some of those. We got screwed. <laughs> it's not that they're. You usually I pick parlays just in the case that I get lucky because they're super exciting. Like when the first, like if you throw like a fourteen leg parlay together and like the first eight hit, it's like such an adrenaline rush, and you're like, oh my gosh, like yeah, <laughs> what I, what I if, could hit this. That that it's like what if it's like a giant it becomes a giant what if of excitement right and that that's my favorite part about parlays but yeah definitely less parlays this year more straight bets and probably more straight bets of paying attention and not just thinking oh i like that team or i like this team i'll probably more more research in the which don't get me wrong i do do research when i pick bets but not there's there's some games I don't do extensive research. Oh, I can imagine that you didn't do extensive research on the tennis matches you were betting on. No, not at all. So, None, actually. <laughs> you're just gonna bet anyway. But uh, <laughs> yes, but it's it's exhilarating, especially when you bet tennis point to point. <laughs> I have no idea what that even means. So you can't. So you know how tennis? It's like you start. Oh yeah. Well, tennis terms love, love. Yeah. Zero, zero, and then so you bet which player is gonna get to fifteen first. That's ridiculous. And then you can bet which person will get, and then you can bet. So say it's like love fifteen, you can yeah. bet whether the person gets it to fifteen, fifteen, or love thirty. So that just that's sounds- betting point to point. That sounds irresponsible. Or so you can't do this on the vague the Vegas sports betting apps like MGM and Caesars, but on DraftKings, like in baseball, you can bet pitch to pitch. <laughs> and so you can, you, so you can that's, bet like, that sounds can, like day trading almost. Oh, it's, it's, I think it's, it's far worse than day trading. Yeah. You can sit like, there and put like a dollar on every pitch. Yeah. So you can, and the crazy thing is, so when you do that, when you're betting pitch to pitch, you can bet for it to be a strike, a ball. Like you can bet like fourth pitch is fourth pitch in play. That's, <laughs> like that's insane. Yeah, it it gets pretty extreme, but it's it's very exhilarating. <laughs> okay, so now that we we got. Off on a tangent again, I want to go back to what's your strategy for picking bets? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, in hockey, generally, I like, in for picking games, I like picking the home teams, home teams that are playing well mm-hmm. in the last, like, in the last 10 games. And then, on the flip side, if I'm going to bet an away team, they just have to be the flat-out better team. I think well being the overall favorite like yeah I I and then the other thing is I don't like taking away teams minus one and a half that's generally that's setting you up to lose 
All right. So everybody and, out there looking to tail Devin, don't tail those. <laughs> yeah. And the player, when it comes to um, you got to pick best players at their best majority right. of the games. So I and and the other thing is when you pick those best players, you bet what they're good at. So like I bet Alex Ovechkin anytime goal that generally happens. <laughs> Do you get decent odds for that or no? So the the last time I bet Alex Ovechkin anytime goal I got minus 105. Oh, that's really not I thought it'd be worse. Well, when you, so, I mean, he's not going to score every game, so like you can't no. just give him minus two hundred, minus three hundred, right? Because like he, like what I think they're what forty five games into the season this year, and he's at twenty nine goals, so more than half. Like he, he's on pace for like fifty five goals this season, which is insane. But so like good players, but you bet good players at what they're good at in terms of scoring so like I'll bet I'll bet Connor McDavid I mean you can bet Connor McDavid anytime goal or anytime assist like it's gonna happen his his over under for point totals every game is one and a half whereas almost everyone else is a half point (laughs) that's funny he's just that good huh yeah, he's. I think he's at like a two points per game pace this year. That's and actually it, insane. So like, but I, but I don't like betting the one and a half because, like, in, well, in in the sense, in the case that he does have a, like a game where he only gets a point, right? Oh, so like, <laughs> so like, I'll take, I'll take the game, I'll take the anytime goal or just anytime assist because you'll get better odds for it and it's more likely to happen mm-hmm. and then the same thing i had i've had a lot of success recently with alexander barkov on the florida panthers with anytime assist and then Sidney crosby is another guy i bet for anytime assist the playmakers so, yeah so basically my prop bets in hockey are picking good players to bet on what they're good at in terms of scoring so are you going to be betting on any college hoops now that the season started? Yeah, I generally don't like to, though, because I'm not good at it. Yeah, well, that's probably a good idea then. <laughs> yeah, because so I, I, don't, I don't pay attention. And I March Madness now, I'll bet every game. Regular yeah, season, I, I don't pay attention enough to the regular season. Yeah, but I did have – Just crazy fun. Yeah, I did have the other day – I had, who was it? It was Tennessee. Yeah, it was Tennessee at home against Mississippi State. And the spread was Tennessee minus nine and a half. And I took it. And Tennessee ended up winning by 30. Dang. Nice. So, I mean, that was a good bet. There's a very, it was a generally informed bet because I, I went to each of their records. And then I was like, oh, Tennessee is clearly the better team and they're at home and this is college basketball and they'll probably win this game and yeah, so blowouts happened so. yeah and so it happened they started the game out like 18 to 0 and i was like thank you i was like <laughs> we take those I was, I was like that that 
playing Mississippi State in the hole early is what I like to see. <laughs> right. So, how did we do in the college football season? I feel like I got I made a ton of money on it last year, and I got gave it all back this year. <laughs> <laughs> we, I ended the college football season. Uh, I think I ended up like up two percent. Which I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't to be positive, year. but <laughs> it wasn't a great year betting college football this year. No, I well last year Michigan wasn't expected to be good, and I had a lot of odds boosts on Michigan, uh, and so it was easy because they were not expected to be that good. So betting on them and for things, and their odds boosts gave me a lot of free money. But then this year they're like, yeah, they Michigan has some ridiculous spreads this year. Yeah, so it was just it was hard to pick the good places to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. The the te- I think my best team betting on I don't even know. Had to have been uh Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I just want I want to give you props for something that you called early in the season and Oh yeah. to oh, bet the futures. Uh, Give it to me. Devin called Purdue winning the Big Ten. Is it the West? Yeah, Big Ten West. I said, I said the Big Ten West dark horse would be Purdue. And I should have took your future. I should have listened to you and took the futures on that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, yeah, their their preseason over under win totals was six and a half, and they finished the season with eight. I should have took the so I should have took you on the futures on that one. That was a good call by you. So, yep. well, you got to remember, I also picked Texas A and M as the dark horse in the SEC. So well, you win transparency. You lose, so. Ended up being Tennessee. <laughs> right, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, but if you would have bet equal amount on both of those futures, you still would have came out positive because Purdue is probably like the fourth best fourth worst odds to win right so probably went some it probably went something like iowa nebraska or iowa minnesota yeah iowa minnesota wisconsin illinois and then purdue right so that was yeah that was a strong pick and then we 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 were we we were right with michigan beating ohio state again yeah we hammered that line uh yep that was a good one. And then um, I was going to say, what is, what's your take on futures betting? Do you like to do that or? No, not at all. You don't like Mostly because I'm, I'm so not good at it. <laughs> yeah. And, well, you got the Purdue pick. Yeah, but I'm so like, I'm so not good at it that like I, to me, it's so hard to predict something like, like there's no, there's no skill or anything that goes into futures betting. There's no amount of research that you can do that'll be like, yep, they're going to win. Well, maybe you just super know the sport and you're just like, this here, I'll, I'll, g- I'll give you a futures bet right now for next college football season. I don't know the odds or anything, but I've been, the Florida State is going to win the ACC next year. I actually really like that pick. That so, that's my pick for the ACC next year. I have a futures bet 
for the NFL Super Bowl right now. This isn't going to be that much of a hot take, but the Cincinnati Bengals. You think the Bengals? They're, they got a chip on their shoulder now that they got screwed with the new rules. See, as much, as much as I like that pick, I hate it because of how many people I know that are Bengals fans. Yeah, that was... And I know the fan, that fan base is annoying. Ohio, Ohio, people that are fans of Ohio teams are annoying. I agree. I 100% agree. But you know what? I I got to look this up. What are the Bengals' futures odds for the Super Bowl? Because I, I feel like that's a pretty good – this is not advice. Nobody tell me. Make your own decisions. But. <laughs> I feel like that's my pick for the Super Bowl. We, we are not responsible for you losing money on our picks. Right. <laughs> that goes out to everybody that tailed Devin on Clemson. <laughs> okay. Do you want to know what happened in that game? <laughs> I know what happened. How does he crush them? Yeah, but listen. So in the first half, Clemson missed three field goals. They faked a field goal, didn't convert. And then they had instead of like so before the half before the first half ended, instead of like throwing to the end zone or like setting up the field goal before half, the quarterback scrambled it with ten seconds left with no timeouts. Oh my! In the red zone, so they didn't get that point either. <laughs> so they got no points on that either. So they so had like four. four- Five drives with no points that they could have had points. So when you yell at me, just remember, I'm not bad at gambling. The players are bad at playing. <laughs> All right? I like that saying. That that purely was not my fault, okay? <laughs> that is 100% on the players <laughs> and execution. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm going with, this is my pick, Cincinnati, dude. Cincinnati? Cincinnati. They got Natty in their name. Come on. I I really do like that pick, but I'll give you – I'm trying to think who else is going to the playoffs. Dude, I want – okay. Another one, you could take the Bucks. Tom Brady. They were, I, they're going to have a negative record, but it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. And, they're, and, and Tampa's getting a home playoff game. So – you know, that could be your dark horse. You know who I do? If Green Bay finds a way in oh, as yeah. the wild card team, watch out for Aaron Rodgers. I agree with that one, too. Not that he's clutching the playoffs and Green Wait. Bay always loses, but I'm just saying, watch out for them. Green Bay, Cincinnati, Super Bowl. That's what I'm taking. That happened? I have no – yeah. yeah. Right. I, I don't understand why they do their conferences like – so weird. Patty's AFC and Green Bay's NFC. Yeah, that's yeah. stupid. Well, that's that's going to be the Super Bowl. You heard it here first. Um, Unless the Lions beat Green Bay. Except plus, the, four, yeah. plus four and a half, everyone. But the Lions never win in Lambeau. So. Hey, here you want to hear a stat for you? So the last five times that Green Bay and Detroit have played in the last game of the season. Detroit is three and two. Okay. 
So they all right. But the other thing is, most of those games were meaningless, and because Detroit was already out and Green Bay was already in. <laughs> yeah, so they're. Uh... <laughs> this one, this one will mean something, but Detroit doesn't win in Lambeau. <laughs> nope, they don't. Um. That's why it's going to be Green Bay versus Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see. The, uh, so, do you have any sports modeling? I know you're data science, so data science uh, activist. <laughs> <laughs> activist is a funny term. But I, I follow sports betting models. I don't have my own. Mm-hmm. So... Are you so? I guess before the I would, show, in you the said future, talk in the future, I would. I in the future, I am working on like currently, slash in the future, I'm working on building a, a sports betting model. I'm, I ideally, I would want one for football because I think football is the easiest sport to predict. Yeah, there's less, it's one game, there's not a lot of variance or whatever. Like, yeah, season. and generally i'm pretty good at picking hockey without a model so i guess before the show you said you had some sort of modeling you wanted to talk to me about yeah so i if some of you i think some of the listeners out there know and if you don't i'm currently working as an analyst for earlham college baseball my alma mater there you go so what I've done with them is I'm currently building a run expectancy matrix. So which, explain what that means. Yeah. So it's basically an ex- your the amount of runs you're expected to score in the inning based on the situation that you're in. So like, for example, with nobody on and nobody out, you're expected to score 4.96 runs, 0.496 runs with nobody on and no one out. So that's like the leadoff hitter. So that's the start of an inning. Half a, so half a run per inning. Yeah. So a run every other inning. Yeah. And so to give you an example of how that changes, this and so this is for the MLB. And so what I'm doing is I'm making this specifically for Earl and College Baseball with their numbers and their play-by-play data. Mm-hmm. But in the MLB with zero but with zero outs and nobody on base, you're expected to score 0.496 runs. But so say someone hits a double. Mm-hmm. So now so now you have nobody out and a runner on second base you're expected to score 1.121 runs. Right. Okay. That makes sense to me that they're expecting that runner to score. And then like every 10 times another run to score from that. Yes. Essentially. And then how that changes when there's a runner on second base, but the next person gets out. So it would, so it would drop from 1.121 to 0.69. So okay, I mean that makes sense. Also, so, so, so basically, when an this. when an out is made, you're expected to score less runs, and if right. you advance a base, you're expected to score more runs. Right. That's basically the general workings of it. 
I guess so, but this seems like a backwards-looking metric because, say, I mean, the guy with the double or whatever, like, okay, we're expecting to get this one run, but it's still, like, it's not predicting what the next guy is going to do. It's just telling – I guess it's telling you what your chances are. But Yeah, and so so each one of these expected runs will have a probability to it. So, like, okay. this is the likelihood that you're going to score – this amount of runs in this situation. And so what is this? So how does this help? Like, why would somebody want this? So for Earl Earl college baseball, they are, they're a team that likes to be aggressive on the bases Mm -hmm. and they look to, they're a team that likes to try to take that next base. Okay. Right. And so what this matrix does is so it's you get so sit for example, you get to at Earlham College at Earlham College, if you get to first base, we're trying to get to second base as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Because that increases our chances of scoring. Right. But but what we what we want to do is we want to be more calculated with how aggressive we are just because we we want we want the our data to back up how aggressive we're going to be on the bases and trying to take that extra base and if the cuz we want to we want to be more successful with we want to be aggressive but we want to be more successful with when we're aggressive so would your so would your data be trying to take into account the success rate of steals versus how many times you're thrown out and if it's worth it to steal based on the run expectancy of that person being on second base in that situation. Correct. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have, we're going to have this run expectancy matrix with them, with the expected runs, the probability, and then you're going to have another chart of who the runner is and then their success rate. And then be able to calculate then the coach will be able to decide is adding that amount of runs worth it in this situation and so this is so this isn't stuff that would happen live it'd be like a situational thing that coach would be aware of if that situation arises what the odds would be is that correct correct so i guess that makes sense why it would be useful What's the first step that you need to take in creating one of these uh, models slash matrices? So it's, it's a it's a hierarchical type model mm-hmm. because so explain each, what that means. So a hierarchical model is a it's a multi level model that has like different facets to it, but it's also players it is player specific in the sense that you're going to have an average, the model will spit out an average, Mm -hmm. like average success rate or run expectancy for the situation. And then it's player specific because it compares that player to the model. And so like a player that has less data points will still be accurate compared to the average. And then a player that has more data points will be also compared to that same average with accuracy. So depending, because players will have, there'll be players with more 
like more stolen base attempts and then there'll be players with less. Like that's just how the game works. And so ultimately we want our model to be, have the same performance for that player that steals less and steals more. Right. I mean, overall the goal of a model is to be accurate to reality. Exactly. And so we, we still accurate with the player that has less data and so we're comparing that to the average that the model has right so i guess is the first step in building one of these matrices obtaining data or is it do you come up with the math and then you have to data mine after that so what i've done is i have the formulas for the run expectancy matrix Mm -hmm. without the data so it's not like complete the matrix isn't complete but I have essentially what I would have to do is just clean up the data and then plug that data to complete the formulas in the model. So I guess, where do you obtain this kind of data? So this data is been mined by college baseball nerds. So it is publicly available in, on so, a website. It's, so it's Earlham, it's Earlham College Baseball Games play-by-play data. Yeah. So do you have to – so when so what form does this data come in, and what do you need to do to make this data to a usable form for yourself? So it's pretty good. So it's, it's, in, it's kind of in a text format. So, like, it'll say – so, like, the outcome or, like, the pitch play, it'll, it'll – it kind of goes into the – app that the pitch tracking app that i made and so it it'll have a column that has the pitch and then like the outcome of the pitch and then like things that happened in that with with what happened with that pitch so like theoretically the pitch is thrown it'll say then so it'll have a pitch of like what the pitch type was then it'll have a column of like what happened on that pitch so it'll be like it'll say like something like strike out ball single double triple that sort of thing and then it'll also have a column for like like stolen base or it'll say like stolen base attempt or or not so it'll be like stolen base and then it'll be a binary so like a zero would be no stolen base attempt or one for a stolen base attempt and then they'll have this it'll be a column for like where that runner is on base so it'll be like there'll be something like runner on base Mm-hmm. zero or one or another column that has wh- which base they're on okay so and and, and and you'll have that for every pitch so after you like so you said you already have these formulas and you're going to plug the data in is there ever do you have to make adjustments to your model once you plug data in is that yeah so this this model will be on it's 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 on historical data, so it'll be. I'm mostly fo- focusing on last season. So like return, you'll have data. Well, you can only there'll make be data on returning on, players. You can only make a model on returning players. You can't, or like you, you only have data that's available to you. Like you can't pr- make a model on stuff you don't have data for. Yeah, exactly. But so I can use the historical data because the Earl. Early- Earlham baseball and base running philosophy hasn't changed. 
right. for like seven the, or eight years. Well, the coaching's consistent, so yeah. And so I can go, I can go back and use data from five, six years ago, and then train train the model on that data, and then test it on last season's data, right, for accuracy, and then predict for this season. Do you have like a deadline for this uh, model being this work that you're doing? Well, I want it to be done for opening day, which is like February 22nd. Well, I think better get to work then. I, oh, I, I, I mean, <laughs> it's not far off from being done. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, so do you intend to build upon this or use the skills you're taking from this uh, experience building the models to? maybe develop something for a different purpose, like your own personal gambling purposes, or maybe well, a if, business you want to start or something like that. If, if, <laughs> if I were to, so these are valuable model building skills and programming skills. If I do, so again, I do want to build my own sports betting model for, for football and for it, I think, instead of like trying to get build a model that predicts the outcome of the game, I think I would rather build a model that gives you, so in a, that gives you the probability that either team covers. Okay. The Vegas spread. Yeah. So it, it would, would that model produce its own spread then, or would it just give probabilities of covering? It would likely end up have producing its own spread and then giving a probability that it covers the Vegas margin. Do you have any idea how you would start that? Or Yeah, so I think so there's ways based on like creating a simulation mm-hmm. for for like that game. So like that game you could run you could run a program that plays that game over and over again like a thousand ten thousand times however many times you want it to run it'd be like trying to it'd be like running a madden simulation i guess Mm, exactly uh i guess my thing with that would be the hardest part would be the data like getting what data would you plug in you know what i mean yeah how, so, like, Madden simulations, they have all this data, like, player speed, juking, like, all that. Like, developing that for actual real-life teams and, like, how the schemes... It, like, if you wanted to get really complex, you'd be like, how do schemes interact with each other and, like, mm-hmm. stylist, style, style of points or whatever. Like, style interactions of the game. And so, I guess finding the data to be able to plug into the math would I feel like would be the hardest part of that. Yeah, generally speaking, in any sort of data science model building project, data mining and data and cleaning the data and producing useful variables is the hardest part. So I mean I look forward to that model because if it works, I want to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, or just tell me on my NHL picks. <laughs> tell you on your NHL picks. Uh, mm-hmm. Your NHL picks are actually I'm I'm vouching for them now. Those are killer. I'm telling you, I'm pretty good. My NHL picks are pretty good. I pay attention to like 
Like every day, I it's not that I watch. I watch hockey, but I I pay attention to the games that to the teams that I don't watch as often, just so I know like how they're playing. Right. So, or if a team's like on a losing streak, usually I'll I'll just continue to bet them to win because like they have to win eventually. <laughs> or if a team is, or if a team is like on a long winning streak, I'll bet them to lose. They gotta like, lose eventually. So, do you believe in? Do you believe in the law of averages then? As I a, believe in regressing to the mean. <laughs> but it, does that fit in with the law of averages? Kind of, yeah, yeah. So, but I thought it was a data science principle that that's kind of everything's independent. <laughs> See, kind that's how that's how you perform statistics, but like because you have to make that assumption of independence. That's one of the things where it's like in the textbook you do this, but that's not how real life works. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. You have you have to make the assumption of independence. But no one actually does. Right. I mean, things like momentum and not everything is independent. In real life, everything is connected. Well, and so here's the thing. So because part of the definition of an average is mm-hmm. like, yeah, you like you add up all the numbers and divide by how many there are. Like that's your average. But the other thing is if you have an average, you can and you figure out with the average of the population. And so you, if you just keep sampling from that population with, with replacement every single time, the average is going to (laughs) change. No, it's it's not. The the average of a, of a sample should Mm -hmm. reflect the average of the population. Okay. And so, so for example, like in roulette, Okay. Yes. So yeah. you have you have red and black. Right. Right? Yes. And more gambling. <laughs> yeah. Or okay, you want not gambling? Flip no, a coin. No, I love gambling. That's flip a, I, flip a coin. You it's the same thing. Well, you you have but red you, or black. <laughs> red or black. You it's you have two choices. It's your 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 likelihood of getting black is 50%. And well, without the house edge, but 50% call it. And then your average of your likelihood of getting red is also 50%. Right. And so if you have a, a smaller sample size, you're more likely to, to not get that average just from the very, the variance in, in that sample. Right. And it's not that, well, I read this explanation on the coin flipping thing. It's not that the next one is more likely to be, tails is just as the sample size goes to infinity the variance goes to zero or whatever. yeah the va- the variance of the average is shrinking right as, so- as as there's more data points you're you're going to get closer to your 50 percent. right and so it's just that like at like you flip it two times the you're you could have two heads or whatever two blacks but if you and that difference is a big difference but if you flip it a thousand times if it's 99 to 1 and or i mean 501 one side and 499 the other side it's still 4 49.99% or whatever so it's yeah close and so to, yeah so that's where the like each flip is independent of each other and you have to, like 
that's that's the assumption you're making right or that you're playing you're gonna get you're gonna be close to that 50 percent on something like roulette or flipping a coin and so that's why when you play roulette you can't play that long oh right and the house edge yeah because (laughs) so, so like what so, for example, remember we were in Vegas and I was wa- we were watching that roulette table and it hit black 10 times in a row. Right. It's like, no way it can go 11th. Yeah. And so I so for for me and I was. A, I was prepared to continue betting if it didn't go red. Right. But it went black 10 times in a row. So if, so you think of that 10, those 10 spins as just a sample. Right. And it's a hundred percent black. The more you're at that table, it's gotta get closer to a fifty-fifty of red and black. That's right. And so, so that's why we hopped on the table when we did, so we could bet red. Exactly. Now we what we would we really would have gotten in trouble if when we sat down and bet red and then it went green. Yeah, that would have been uh that that would have threw a wrench in our plan. But it went red, and we won, and then we got up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's that's why roulette is fun to play. And when with roulette, you kind of got to look at it as, like, opposite of standard statistics in the sense that you don't want the large data. You want because a roulette, a roulette wheel never stops spinning. Right. And so, like... Obviously, if you're gonna if you're looking at it, you're gonna get like forty eight to forty eight red and black, right? Pre- like pretty close to that, just because if you it took never stops spinning, and so like the, the infinite sample size, yeah. But if and you take the recent samples, like so, I I I like looking at the last like on because they on the screens that they have, they'll give you I think the last thirty spins. Right. Which is large enough where you have an idea that it's not going to like radically change. Mm -hmm. But it's also large enough to know that like if a number is skewed. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to hit in these last five minutes or so? Did we miss anything you wanted to talk about or do we think we got everything? Um, That's that's most of it. You want to hear something funny? Oh, of course. So, me, mom, and dad, we went to an acapella show yesterday. <laughs> like Pitch Perfect. Yes. And so, for me, I am a big fan of the Pitch Perfect movies. <laughs> yeah. And so, I was curious to see, like, if the performances would be anything like that movie. Because, like, I had never never seen an acapella show. Right. <laughs> It was pretty good for the most part. <laughs> the, the Eastern Michigan girls girl group were a couple of them had green hair. One was wearing a mask on the stage. <laughs> um, they sang Take a Hint, which I if you're not familiar with that song, it's a victorious song. Oh yeah. Take I a know. hint, take a hint. Uh, yeah, thank you for that rendition. That yeah. was beautiful. So they sang that song, which was honestly, the, they were good at singing. 
Yeah. But it was just funny that it's like there's these like liberal woke girls singing about stop staring at me at a bar. And I'm like, I can promise you ain't no one is staring at you. (laughs) So do you think Pitch Perfect, those movies, influenced how those shows go? Do you think they were different before those movies? I have no idea. I don't know nearly I'm asking you to speculate. Well, I can tell you the MSU group, the Michigan State group, they were the troublemakers. (laughs) That's funny. Is that wait, that was their name? No, they were the Acafellas. Acafellas. (laughs) They they were really good. And then when the Michigan group got introduced, they were another well, they got introduced as the all girls slash gender non conforming group. Gosh, what crazy times we live in. So that one that one was quite quite entertaining. Mom was sitting next to me and she's elbowing me. She's like, Did you hear that? Did you hear that? And I was like, Yes, mom, I did. And I laughed. Yeah, that's funny. I'm surprised that dad didn't say something uh so oh, that they could hear him on stage. Yeah, that would have been I don't know what I would have I I honestly I I probably would have laughed, but I probably would have been like, Dad, you can't be saying that. <laughs> All right. Then you're stuck. I'll come get him. And then, uh, the yeah, the Michigan State group, they sang uh, down, like, Shorty, are you down, down? Like that oh, song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is like, they opened with that and got, like, it was really good. Like, really good. Yeah. Like, and then, and then they ended it. They had they sang uh, "Yellow" by Coldplay. Oh, that's that's like a bad way to end it. Yeah, but like it was sped up, and it was okay. like it wasn't really like the sad song version yeah. of "Yellow." It was like sped up, kind of. It was good. Okay, nice. It was good. I was the Michigan State group was the best one of the group, and then they had like a there was a like a middle school group. Yeah. Let me tell you, there was a middle school. They sang "Free Fallen." <laughs> was there was this one middle school girl. She could belt. She could sing. <laughs> she could belt, man. Oh, dude, she could sing. Uh, all right, so we're running out of time. Do you want to plug social your socials or anything? I, I only got one social to plug. Follow me on Picket for Pick all it? my sports betting at from all my sports betting picks. All right. Every day follow, I post. Follow him on uh, follow him on picket. Tail him at your own risk. At Devin underscore Baisley. All right. And Devin. if you want to join the app, let me know. I'll send you a referral code. A referral code, and we can each get Venmo three dollars. Oh, that's sick. All right. For joining. All right, every everybody. Uh, oh, did does that mean you gave me my three dollars? Where's my? No, I I linked your FanDuel to my account. Oh, okay. Well, I, we can fix it if you want, but I well, do all your sports on three dollars. All right, pickets at De- at Devin underscore Baisley. Yeah, P I K K I T. All right, <laughs> follow him. Tail at your own risk. Uh, if you want to win money, tail him at your own risk. This is not financial advice. It was great talking to you. Uh, we'll have you on again. Regular guest on the Rad Life podcast. Uh, this has been fun. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Catch you later. Yep. 
Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Rad Life. So today I have with me Devin. He's uh, my brother. He's our local degenerate sports gambler. He's our data scientist. Uh, you all know him uh, from being on the show before. So we have an interesting talk about sports betting, his recent su- successes, some of the failures, what we like to bet on, his strategies to make some money and find good bets. And in, in the second half of the show, he starts talking about the model he's building for the uh, baseball team he used to play on and uh, what what, go, what goes into building a model like that and uh, where the data comes from. And if you anybody wants to figure out how to build one of these models, this is a good intro little segment to, I guess, where to start and um, how he plans on using that experience and skills in taking that to the gambling world. And hopefully we can uh, make some money, beat Vegas a couple times, you know. Uh, So and I just wanted to update you guys on the Rad Life plan for the new year. I plan on uploading weekly. Uh, sometime around the weekends. Uh, I got to get that to be more consistent so that the search engine algorithm starts picking me up. Um, you can follow me uh, at Twitter, at Radlife Spotify, or I've also started a couple new blogs to follow. They're called the Radlife blog. This is where I'm going to talk about all things engineering, all things technology. Uh, I'm just going to cover recent innovations, things that are making the news, and give my expert scientific opinion on those things uh, and what I think the innovation means for uh, the scientific community and society as a whole. I started another blog about uh, financials. This is called the Bear Market Essentials blog. This will be just personal finance and deep dives into stock picking. I started these blogs. You can find them. You'll probably need me to send you the link because they'll be so far down Google. But again, just follow me at Rad Life Spotify on Twitter, and I'll you can find the blogs there. Uh, so with those updates and housekeeping being uh, cleaned up, let's jump into talking with Devin.